shall we pray? Father, I want to thank you for the chapel of desolation, a sweet teaching hospital. Thank you for what you have been doing in this chapel. Thank you for raising this chapel in times like this. Father, to further your gospel in the hinterlands and to spread the gospel, oh God, in our generation. Thank you for the leadership of this chapel. Oh God, I bless your holy name for them. I pray, Father, that you will strengthen them and uphold them. Father, King of glory, as we share the word this morning, may you have your way. May you speak to your people. May you strengthen your people. May the word of God come like a fire unto them. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. This morning, I'm sharing the word of God that says, the role of Christian professionals in reaching out for the kingdom. The role of Christian professionals in reaching out for the kingdom. Even right from the Old Testament, God has been using professionals, professionals, those who have a hard work, a, a hand work, professionals like architects, like engineers, like lawyers, like doctors and nurses and pharmacists. God has been using professionals in expanding the kingdom of God. I want us to open our Bible to Exodus chapter 17 from verse 8 to 13. Exodus chapter 17 from verse 8 to 13. He said, Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Raphidim. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out men and go out Choose us out, men, and go out. Fight with Amalek. Tomorrow, I will stand on the top of the hill with the Lord of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him, and fought with Amalek and Moses. Aaron and Ahab went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass, when Moses held up his hand, that Israel prevailed. And when he laid down his hand, Amalek revived. But Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat down, and Aaron and Nahor stood up his hand, the one on the other side, and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua Disconfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the war, of the sword. So this is realm, There was a kingdom agenda. God, there was a fight between Israel and the Amalek. Amalek represents the kingdom of darkness, and Israel represents the kingdom of light. 
And Moses told Joshua, said, go and fight with the Amalek. Moses told Joshua, said, go and fight the Amalek. And he went and started fighting with the Amalek. Joshua was like a missionary that was sent, you know, in the battlefield. And um, this war started. And so Joshua and his men started fighting. And it came to a point when the hand of Moses was heavy. Because he told Joshua, he said, I will go to the mount of the Lord and I stay with him. So, Moses' hand was raised. He was praying unto God for the battle. And the people of Israel was fighting the battle. Was winning the battle. And so it came to a point when the hand of Moses grew weak. And the Bible records that Aaron and Hog stayed up his hand, raised up his hand. And the children of Israel was defeating the, the, the people of Amalek. That shows to you that those in the mission scenes that Joshua represented and those who are in the background are very, very important in the program of God. And in this passage, the Bible talks about a hog. Hog was a Christian professional. He was a Christian professional. You know, and um, he was part of the supporting team that caused the battle to be won. Aaron was a priest. Moses was a leader of the God's people. But he needed, they needed a professional to be involved in the task of winning the battle for God, for the kingdom. So, Hog was recruited and he was involved in that task of ensuring that the kingdom of darkness becomes the kingdom of God. And brethren, some of the times we think that professionals are not needed in this kingdom work. Some of the times we thought the work is for the pastors, for the missionaries, for those who are called. But it is not so, brethren. God wants every one of us to be involved in this task. Irrespective of your calling, irrespective of your vocation, irrespective of your profession, God wants every one of us to be involved in the task of reaching out for the kingdom. I was doing a study about this hog. Hog, human hog. 
He raised a family of professionals. He was a professional and also his family was, was made up of professionals who were involved in the expansion of the kingdom of God. And when God wanted to build the tabernacle in the wilderness, the Bible said that God raised up Bazalei, who was a grandson of Hog, to be involved in that task. So Hog was a professional and he raised a couple of professionals. His grandson his grandson, God anointed him and gave him the spirit of wisdom and revelation to design the, 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 the tabernacle in the wilderness. He was an architect. And God used him. And also, in the family of Hog, we discovered his son, Refire, Refire, Refire. In Nehemiah chapter 3 verse 9, the Bible records that he was a ruler of the half part of Jerusalem. He was a ruler of the half part of Jerusalem. That is to say he was maybe a mayor in the city. And God used him. When he came to the building up of the wall of Jerusalem, God used him tremendously to fulfill that kingdom task. And so brethren, God has been in the business of raising up professionals for the work of the expansion of the kingdom of God. So this agenda, this kingdom mandate that God has given to us is not optional. It's not for those that are so called. But every one of us has a stake in being a part of God's instrument and battle us to fulfill God's program in our generation. Just like he used Hulk, he used his grandson, Bezalel, he used Raphidae, his son, to fulfill God's mandate in the generation. God is interested in professionals. And when it came to the time of David, when it came, when God wanted to turn the kingdom of Saul to the kingdom of David, the kingdom of Saul represents the, the, the kingdom of darkness. And the kingdom of David represents the kingdom of God. And it came to a point when God went to turn the kingdom of Saul to the kingdom of David. God used professionals. In First Chronicles chapter 12 verse, for, you know, for verse 1. You know, God raised up mighty men who did not have a double heart. They had a single heart to turn the kingdom of Saul to the kingdom of David. And, and the Bible said that some of them were mighty men in battle. Some of them know how to use the left hand and the right hand. They were skilled. They were military men. And God raised them up for that kingdom agenda. 
And in that first Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32, the Bible records about the sons of Issachar. The Bible says they have understanding of the times and to tell Israel what to do. That was their gifting that God gave to them. God gave them that gifting. That gift. They have understanding. They were researchers. And every one of them were involved in the multifaceted task of turning the kingdom of Saul to the kingdom of David. And if you read down that verse, the Bible talks about people who brought gifts. Gifts. People who brought supplies. People who brought food. People who brought other things to support David so that he will gain the kingdom. So God has been in the business of using professionals for the work of God. And the Bible talks about the tribe of Zebulun, they were, they were not on double hearts. They were commissioned to fulfill the kingdom mandate. So let's look at Daniel also. Daniel was a government official. And he was a Jew that was sold into captivity. But his part of his commitment in government, he knew that he was a Jew and that he has to proclaim the kingdom of God in, the, in a foreign land. He had a task that was the time he was thrown into, into the, into the uh, lion's den and God brought him up from there. There was a time he was tempted and was, you know, he was, um, People thought, you know, that he will forsake the kingdom of God. Well, he stood for God. He stood for the kingdom of God in a foreign land. And the Bible said that he passed through three generations of government and he still maintained his status as a child of God and proclaimed the kingdom of God. Even at the threat of his life, he stood for God. Mordecai was another man who was a professional. He was a gatekeeper in the palace. You'll be wondering what can a gate man do in the palace? How can he be involved in the things of the palace? But Mordecai was a gate man who understood the kingdom mandate. He knew that he was a Jew. And he stood for God. He raised up Esther to fulfill God's mandate for that generation. And he told Esther and said, Do you not know that you are in the kingdom, in the palace, in times like this? In a foreign land. Mordecai did not forget that he was a Jew. That he worshipped the the God of Israel. And God used him mightily to frustrate the, the propaganda of the men of the kingdom of darkness. A great man. Imagine, just a great man. And God used him 
there was a conspiracy against the children of God, God used them mightily to solve that problem. Then we have about Tahir, the wife of Haba, who was a professional housewife. She was a housewife, a full-time housewife. But God used him to destroy Caesarea, the, 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 the king of the hidden nation that was fighting against Israel. Right at her, at her teaching, she died with the powers of darkness. And that was how the people of Israel won the battle. Imagine it, just a housewife. God used him. Use her to fulfill the counsel of God. Then, during the time of Jesus, God also has been using professionals. You know, Peter was a professional fisherman. God called him. There were women who supported Jesus. The Bible says in Luke chapter 8 verse 1 that Jesus was going about all the villages and all the cities preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And there was certain women who supported his ministry. God used the woman to support his ministry. Even though he was God. Even though he has all the resources. But God used committed professional women to support the work of the kingdom. You know, Luke was also another professional. You know, he was a medical doctor. He was treating the sickness of the disciples. And the Bible records that he was a missionary author. Through him, we got to, we, we got the, the Acts of the Apostle and the Gospel according to Luke. He was a missionary doctor. And there was no account in the Bible where they said that, that, that Luke preached or he, you know, his sickness or preached the Gospel. But God used him in a special way to take care of the, the disciples and also to be a missionary author. And that without him, we wouldn't have heard the gospel of Luke and the Acts of the Apostles. So in the time of Paul also, God has been using professionals. You know, Barnabas was a professional. The Bible said that he, he sold his land for him to be a landlord in the city. It means that he had a world doing. And in the early church, he played a very prominent role in the ministry of the early apostles. He was a comforter to, you know, to, to the brethren. He was a comforter. And do you know that it was Barnabas that went and looked for Paul and brought him to the apostles. It was Barnabas. You know, it is so usual. We, we talk about the ministry of Paul. But you know that Barnabas had a peculiar ministry during the early church. The Bible said in Acts chapter 9 that he was also among the apostles 
in the, in the, in the church. And he worked for God. God used him madly to expand the kingdom of God. So, brethren, in this our generation, God has told us that this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world and then the end will come. The preaching of the gospel is the highest business in our time today. Without it, the Jesus will not come to take the church. So every one of us should be involved in this work of the kingdom expansion. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel unto every creature. And brethren, in the time we are today, there is every great need to preach the gospel where you are. When we started the mission work 30 years ago, you know, the idea was for you to go to the unreached people groups. But do you know that the unreached people groups, they are all around us today in our offices, in our hostels, in the marketplace where we are. They are all over us. The unreached people groups. That thing you are looking for in Sokoto is right at your Sokoto. Praise the Lord. So every one of us has to be alert to opportunities and strategies that God has put in place for him to be used in reaching out for the kingdom. There was a story of a sister in Abuja. She had his house beside a telephone booth. A telephone booth in Abuja. His, his house was just opposite the telephone booth. And um, people come there to make calls. People come there to, you know, to do different kind of things, to talk to their, to their friends and colleagues. And she will be at, the, at, the, at his house Hearing all that the people were saying and all that, and some of them were people who were distressed. And God, one day, spoke to her and said, Look, this telephone booth is your mission field. And God told them, Say, write a track. She wrote a track and placed it on the telephone booth. People who were coming to make calls, after their, the, after their calls, they will pick up the, uh, the stress and read. And she gave her address and some of them visited her and she shared the gospel with her. That is to say, brethren, that there are opportunities in our time today to share the gospel. There are opportunities. The nature of the task is multifaceted, multidimensional. That is not just one person that can do the work. The Bible says that every one of us has received a measure of grace according to the gifts of Christ. 
every one of us has received a grace from God. And we need to use that grace to expand the kingdom of God in our generation. There are seven mountains today in the world. Seven mountains. And in Isaiah chapter 2 verse 2, the Bible said that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be exalted in the last days. The mountain of the house of the Lord shall be exalted above all the mountains. And all men shall rush into the house of God. So in our generation today, there are about seven mountains today in our generation. The mountain of religion, the mountain of education, the mountain of health, the mountain of government, the mountain of business, the mountain of arts and entertainment, and the mountain of sports. And God wants to locate his people in these different mountains so that they can turn around all the plans of the enemy concerning all these mountains. God needs people in the educational sector. You know, in our country today, the educational system is a, it's a lot. Even in the health, and uh, the health system. And also in government, we are hopeless and we are looking for a savior. God can use you to turn around those mountains for God. We had a conference Ayubo Christian Association Assembly in Oka last October and uh, Professor Nebo was speaking to us who were Igbo leaders and uh, he told us that during his tenure that as the Vice Chancellor of UNN that the court the court was running over the whole system you know, the, the courtes, they were, they have taken over UNN. But God brought him there and gave him the strategy to overcome them with his knee, on his knees. So wherever you are, either as a vice chancellor or as a medical personnel or as a professional or a nurse or a pharmacy, that God can use you to reach out to people who are in need. The leader of our ministry of Mado, was sharing with us about, concerning his conversion, how he, he got converted. That in the 70s, in 1970, he caught a, a mysterious sickness. He caught a mysterious sickness and um, they took him to the hospital. The doctors examined him and all that and told him that there is no hope for him. So he was preparing for himself for death until a nurse came to him and told him and said, look, the doctors have said that there is no hope for you, that you are going to die. But I'm going to lead you to that man who can give you life. So she preached the gospel to him and he repented and 
she prayed for healing for him and God instantaneously healed him in 1970. God used just a nurse at the best side to do miraculous work for God. And today this man is a missionary traveling all over African nations proclaiming the work of evangelization. What would have happened if that nurse was not on duty and who knew that she has a kingdom minded to play the gospel? So, brethren, we are at the last days. The Bible talks about waiting and hastening the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Every one of us, wherever God has placed us, we need to shine as light to dark places of the earth. Imagine the missionaries who came to this place to, to share about the gospel. Some of them were women. Women like Berry Celestial. They came into this country. And three years ago, I had the, we, were, we had a mission conference in Canada, and I had the privilege of going to her burial ground at her burial site. This woman left everything, the comfort of England, left marriage, left friends, left relatives, left everything to come to this dark part of the country to bring the gospel. And God used her mightily to turn the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of God. People like Hossin Taylor. Hossin Taylor was a medical doctor. And God used him in China to preach to, to Chinese. And God used him mightily. And he was the father of modern faith missions. Who said that God's work does in God's way will never lose God's supply. Let the God want us to reach out. Even some of us, our relatives, our siblings, our brothers and sisters, does not know the Lord. And God needs to, you know, need us, need to use us to bring them to the kingdom of God. I remember when I was in the campus, my younger sister was about to get married to an unbeliever. Yeah, I was so much, that time my sister had not repented. I was so much troubled in my spirit. I said, ah, how can, how can my sister marry an unbeliever? So the Lord led me to go home. I took her. You know, she has done the traditional weddings and all the rest of them and you know, she is about to get married. So I took her to the campus that time and brethren prayed for her and she gave her life to the, to, to, uh, to the Lord Jesus and immediately renounced that relationship. And it was later that we discovered that the person who wanted to marry her was a courtist. And today, my sister is a child of God and is married, is happily married, 
in her in my marital home. So you can see, God can use you to turn things around for good. The early missionaries, they came here and labored for God. Some of them even died in this place. And for us, we need to quote, you know, the, the, the example that they have set for us in reaching out our generation for God. The present day missionaries, they are working so hard to pray the gospel. In our foundation, we have a, in fact, the same have started out of an outreach of students who went to a village in the last state called Ida to do medical work. And they discovered that 40% of the population in that place, you know, had been war. And they started reaching out medically to them. And at the same time, preaching the gospel to them. And as they were doing it, God gave them a vision to start a mission agency that will reach out to other parts of Nigeria and other parts of Africa where the gospel has not been preached. God wants us to reach out. God wants us to reach out. In uh, in 2001, I was in Israel for a missionary conference. I went to Jerusalem for a mission conference. And after the conference, they took us to, to some biblical sites. And one of the places we went to was the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee was you know, full of fresh waters. You know, full of fresh water. There were fishes in that river. You know, and all that. And you can see freshness all over the place. And there was this uh, lake. They, they took us. I'm forgetting the name. The name. That place is said that is the deepest part of the earth. It receives water. And it doesn't give out water. And so everything about it, there's nothing that survives in the, in the, in the, in the, death, in the, in the sea. So it is with a Christian who receives and who does not give out. You receive the blessings of God and you don't reach out to souls. And this is why some of us are dying today. Some of them are passing through a lot of difficulties and all that because we are not reaching out to people that need the gospel, to people that are lost. Do you know that in today's population, 3.14 billion people are unreached with the gospel. 3.14 billion people that they are still many lands to conquer for the sake of the gospel. There are still many lands, brother. There are still many needs around us today to be met. In 2009, I was in a Malawi in East Africa for a one-month mission outreach in that country. And as I was coming back in the airport, I met a Nigerian and we started discussing. And he told me that he's a professor 
that he's working in an international organization in Malawi. In fact, he represents the whole of East Africa. And he was a member of the Scriptural Union, Nigeria. In fact, he has written a lot of books. And he shared with me about a testimony that he was going to one of the places, in one of the towns where he was working. And his car had a flat tire. And he came, came out and turned the tire and was about to go to where the fertilizer is. And as he was going, he met some people who was carrying a dead man. And they were weeping. And God spoke to him and said, go and pray for that dead man. And he went and laid hands on him and prayed. And the man woke up from sleep. Hallelujah. That is the work of a professional. Right in his work that he was doing, God was using him to reach out to people. And I want to encourage you to be involved in this great task of reaching out to people. Especially the young, men, young people. You know, some of us started as young people 30 years ago doing this work. And some of us are growing old. God needs young people to take up the responsibility of reaching out to their generation. And from our experiences, and we have discovered that the laborers are so few. And some of them that are so few are growing old. And some of them are living in the field. We need to get young people who are interested in the work of evangelism. In the 1960s, the value of the Igbo man was was but today it is not like that again. And some of our young men are so much crazy about the pursuing of white and materialism and about the things of this world. We need to turn to godly values that we used to have in the 60s and the 70s and begin to seek after that, after that thing that brought us to God. Brethren, God needs us. The Bible says that we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. You see, the, God cannot do anything without us. If Jesus has to come back to this earth today, he needs us to be involved. Otherwise, he will postpone his coming and many people will go to hell. Be involved in this task. In 2011, I was coming back from Abuja. We had a conference in Abuja. I was coming back to Port Harcourt. And I was sitting with a Fulani woman. You know, his mother is from Yoruba, but his father was a Fulani. And we were sharing about what, what was happening in the nation. And that woman told us that for a Fulani man or a woman, whether he is behind his cattle, 
or he's a government, or he's a teacher, or wherever he's found himself, that his main aim is to propagate Islam. That was what a full lady told us. That the aim of a full man or a woman, wherever he is, is to proclaim, is to, you know, is to proclaim Islam. Hi. I was so much shocked. I said, oh, no wonder. The Bible says that the, the people of this world are wiser than the children of the kingdom. They use whatever they have. They sacrifice their time, even their own life, to propagate what they believe. I heard about a, an, an Muslim who was a medical doctor, a young man who was a medical doctor. And he was brainwashed that when he kills people, that he will go to heaven. And in heaven, there will be 70 virgins that are waiting for, her, for him. He was a medical student. And he went about killing people and destroying people. And he literally he died for that cause. Brother, people are making a lot of sacrifice for what they believe. What should be our faith as Christians? We need to rise up and take this gospel. God has an army that is marching over the land. Why can't we be a part of this army? And young people, you know, the devil will tell you many things and say, oh, if you become a missionary, that um, you will not have good food to eat, you will not have Wife to marry, you will not have a car to ride, you will be a wretched person. That is not true. The Bible says that he that liveth mother, father, brethren, houses, for my name's sake, we gain it a hundredfold in this life and in the one to come eternal life. So rise up to what God. Is calling you today. And some of you, God may have speaking to you in different areas. After passing through this chapel, I don't think that you have any excuse to go to hell or not fulfill God's mandate for their generation. And my prayer, brethren, is that we might get involved in this task. The Bible says, Pray ye the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth Liberals unto unto the face. Pray ye the Lord of harvest. Prayer is another commitment that you can make to further the kingdom mandate. Some of us, our prayer list is, oh God, give me a wife, give me a husband, give me a car, give me this, give me that. But do you know that God has a prayer need? And that need is for laborers to be sent into the mission field. For the unreached people to hear the gospel of the kingdom. Both those within us and those outside. And you can pray for the nations of the earth. There was one sister in Lagos who was praying for Egypt. And God spoke to her to go to Egypt for mission work. A lady, a sister, 
And during the time I had to raise your speaking here, I told you about a woman in America who was praying for three alone for almost 40 years that the kingdom of God of the enemy in, the, in Syria should become the kingdom of God. For 40 years she was praying on a regular and a daily basis for that country. And God opened up a tremendous door and opportunity for the gospel to reach that country. Brethren, the harvest is precious. God is looking for men Man, like I share with you about the professionals in the Bible, you might not be in the front line, but God can use you to play a very supportive role in, in the work of the ministry. You can support God's work financially so that the work will, will, will be done. You can decide and say, as a professional, I will be giving you a part of my income to support missionaries. You can decide if you are, if you are, uh, uh, if you have a, if you are an employer of labor, you can decide and put a missionary here, in your salary scale and say, no, I will give, I will support missionaries if they want for my income. Like I share with you, some of the people, who are missionaries in our rich people group, some of them are coming back to the cities now because they don't have money to pay their children's school fees, because they don't have money to do this and that, and they're returning. There's a lot of missionary attrition today because those who are laboring in the field, they are, they are without support. And how can the children of missionaries how can they curse the God of their fathers because they didn't have the opportunity to go to school? So you can start a mission trust fund to support missionary uh, children. Hallelujah. Brethren, God is looking for us. God is waiting for us. And it needs sacrifice. The Bible said in um, in Psalm 50 verse 5, he said, Get them to, unto me all the saints that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. It is by sacrifice that you work for the things of the kingdom. It's by sacrifice. You can give your life. You can sacrifice your life. You can sacrifice your time. You can sacrifice your resources to fulfill God's mandate for a generation. And God himself will bless you. God will smile at you. He will meet your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God has never forsaken people that love him. You know, during the time of um, Alexei Kremer's burial, the vice, who was a former vice president of Nigeria, they said that his father was a church agent. Not even a church artist. A church agent. And because God, the, uh, because his father served God, God blessed his children and placed them in high, in high places. I heard about a passenger that his father supported a Baptist missionary. And that missionary prayed for him and said that your children will become great men and leaders in the nation. And God hearkened to his prayer. So it's, it's a blessing 
to serve God. If you don't know, it is a blessing to serve God. My daughter who is in Bangkok, you know, came home and told me and said one of his uh, one of his classmates told him and said, What does your father do? My daughter said, My father is a missionary. Ah, that girl started laughing. Said, ah, Your father is a missionary. What are you doing here? That this place is not meant for children of missionaries. That this place is meant for missionaries, uh, for people whose parents are worthy. You are not supposed to be in this university. Imagine the kind of embarrassment that can be. And my daughter told them, I said, my father served God. And God also takes care of him. And that's how it has been for me for these past 30 years. I'm speaking this, I'm giving these testimonies to encourage young people. God can bless you beyond your imagination if you are ready to open up to him and serve him with all your strength and with all your heart. And God will not forget you. For some of us who are elderly, you can support mission work. I celebrated my 13 years in mission work last December. And I went to give the card to one sister who is a woman, a, a woman of God, and she's about 70 years old. She pastored a church in, in Portacos. So I, I gave her the card. So she started sharing with me that somebody gave their church a car, a vehicle. But they don't need it. They need a homeowner home bus. They don't need it. I told her, I said, oh, my, we have been looking for this kind of vehicle. And she said, my son, take, go, use it for, for the gospel's sake. A woman of about 70 years. In fact, three weeks ago, we, we were in a mission field in Bayasa State. And she was part of us at the age of 70 years. She was ministering, going from house to house, preaching the gospel. And I was so much touched. I said, ah, imagine this woman, about 70 years, preaching the gospel. And if this woman can do it, you can do it even more. Hallelujah. You can give material support for missions. You can give a motorcycle. You can give vehicles. You can give medical equipment, medical jobs, a lot of things, computers. All are needed for the gospel of the kingdom. And you can be somebody who mobilizes other people for missions. Like this one, I told you, she'll be celebrating her 70th birthday this March, in two weeks' time. And she said that she wants to use that my, her birthday to tell people about the need to support missionaries. Brother, you can do more than that. I pray that God will strengthen your heart for this work. Because we are the battle acts of the Lord. We are the ones that God is want to use to fulfill His gospel. Some of us will be mighty people in the future. But can you use that to fulfill God's mandate? Nations are waiting for us. Even Togo and, and the Republic of Benin, that is just very close to us, they are in need of the gospel. In the Republic of Benin, more than 69% of the population are traditional worshippers. 
and four days. And God is looking for men who will go to these countries and proclaim the kingdom of God. God is looking for those who will give for, for missionary activities. God is looking for those who will go as missionaries. The three G's in missions. You can be, you can decide to be one of them or even be three of them. Myself, I'm, I'm doing three of them. I'm going, I'm giving, I'm praying. And it's a wonderful experience. Today I want to give you an opportunity to be involved in world evangelization. You can be a giver for missions. You can be a financial laborer for missions. You can support the work of missions. So if you want to do any of this or all of that, I want you to raise up your hand and I'm going to pray for you. You want to be a part of this. Be a giver. Be somebody who prays, who grows for missions, and somebody who goes for missions. Maybe you can raise up your hand and I'm going to pray for you. If you want to be part of this thing that God is calling us to do today in our, in our generation. Can you please lift your hand up to the Lord, those of you that are. Father, behold your children. Inasmuch as they have come before you, Lord, we hand them over to the Holy Spirit who is the Director General of all the service of the Kingdom in Jesus' name. Father, Lord, let there be a clarity in their spirit man, in their minds, concerning every involvement that you would have them for this work of the Kingdom. Lord, we ask that you will strengthen them so that they will, with joy, pour out their lives for you and experience the fellowship of your Spirit. Lord, cause them to know the measure you want them to give. Cause them to know the areas you want them to give in. Especially, Lord, help them to give of their voices in their workplaces and in their homes to minister the gospel of truth in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, we cover them in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every plan of the enemy to distract, to discourage, to divert them from what you alone are speaking into their hearts and spirits, Lord, we cancel in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, let the sacrifice that they bring before you be a sweet-smelling offer. And let every one of us be involved in your service. For, Father, you have called all of us. Therefore, help us to go forward in your call. Thank you, Father, as you do these and more. 
In Jesus' name we pray. In the Lord. Amen.